Thanks for joining us for the weekend edition of In Spirit and Truth with Pastor J.D. Farag of Calvary Chapel, Kaneohe. Each Friday and Saturday here on In Spirit and Truth, Pastor J.D. gives a Mideast prophecy update from an Arab perspective as he connects the dots of current events geopolitically with last day's prophecies biblically. It is our belief that the next event on God's prophetic clock is the rapture of the Church of Jesus Christ. It is our hope that these Bible prophecy updates will not only ready you and steady you for His return, but that they will also encourage you to share the gospel with others in order that the rapture will not be as a thief in the night. Today, Pastor J.D. continues to explore the idea that Russia is the one that actually controls the Middle East. The influence that Russia has on Syria is concerning, to say the least. Thankfully, as followers of Jesus Christ, we know that God is ultimately the one that is in control. We can trust Him as the days draw closer to the return of Jesus. Now, don't forget to stay with us after today's Prophecy Update to learn how you can become a Facebook friend or watch the weekly Prophecy Update on YouTube. Now, here's Pastor J.D. with today's Prophecy Update as shared on July 15, 2018. It is rumored that some type of agreement will be reached concerning Iran's pronounced presence on the Syria-Israel border. According to Ynet News, Putin and Trump are likely to reach an agreement during their discussions about, this is interesting, the stationing of Syrian forces on the border with Israel in the Golan Heights and about Iranian and Hezbollah forces vacating the area in partial accordance with a long-standing Israeli demand that they leave the war-torn country entirely. You know what's interesting about all of this? And nobody's really talking about it. Is that Putin's Russia now controls the Middle East. Now think about this. And you'll forgive me for the bluntness with which I say this, but we can thank one Barack Hussein Obama for that. He basically wrote an open check. said, here, take the Middle East. I, I, I will be able to, I wasn't with that accent, but you remember that hot mic moment? I'm sorry. <laughs> Everything's in a Middle Eastern accent. That's how, how I think and breathe and dream. And, but remember when that hot mic moment, when he told the then president of Russia after the election, uh, tell Putin I'll have more uh, flexibility. For, for what? What? Oh, come on. So, Russia holds all the cards. Well, why do I point that out? Because is that not what we're told in Ezekiel 38? It's exactly as we were told it would be. Russia, Iran, Russia, Iran. And make no mistake about it. These are not, you know, really that chummy friends. I mean, they have a mutual defense treaty. But I'll never forget recently when Netanyahu was being interviewed by, I think, uh, Janine Pirro on Fox News. It was either Janine Pirro or Levine. I don't remember which one anyway, but it's, it's immaterial. And he said that Russia and Iran are competing for the spoils. He used that word. I almost fell off my chair. We talked about that in a previous update. I mean, they're using the words verbatim 
that we have in these prophecies written some 2,500 years ago. So, in light of all this, one would think that Russia and Iran in Syria would be the greatest threat to Israel. Not to say that it's not. However, according to the Times of Israel, experts are warning that after more tremors, it's a great earthquake that's the greatest threat facing Israel today. Here's some of what the article had to say. A minor earthquake hit northern Israel on Monday evening, bringing the number of tremors in the area in recent days to more than, get this, you ready for this? Wait for it. (laughs) Here it comes. Forty. Forty. Further fueling fears that a major earthquake could be on its way. Experts will tell you that when you start having this much activity, that that much frequency, even in that intensity, it's without doubt a precursor to what's coming. What's coming? A great, greater earthquake. The threat of an earthquake is, in my eyes, the greatest threat facing the state of Israel, geologist Ariel Hyman told Hadashat News on Friday. It is definitely a greater threat than the Qassam rockets fired from Gaza, of which there are many still. And it's a far greater danger than the Iranian threat. And those are threats. Israel sits on the Syrian-African rift, a tear in the earth's crust running the length of the border separating Israel and Jordan and is part of the Great Rift Valley, which extends from northern Syria to Mozambique. The last major earthquake to hit the region was in 1927, a 6.2 magnitude tremor that killed 500 people and injured another 700. And experts have warned Israel is due for a major quake in the near future. I want to draw your attention to the prophecy in Ezekiel 38. And I want to read beginning in verse 18 through to verse 23. Listen. It will come to pass at the same time, at the same time, the same time as what? At the same time when Gog comes against the land of Israel, says the Lord, that my fury will show in my face, For in my jealousy and in the fire of my wrath, I have spoken. Surely in that day there shall be a great earthquake in the land of Israel. At the same time that they come to attack Israel. Listen to how great of an earthquake this is going to be. So great that the fish of the sea, the birds of the heavens, the beasts of the field, all creeping things that creep on the earth, and all men who are on the face of the earth shall shake at my presence. The mountains 
shall be thrown down. That's a mega quake. The steep places shall fall, and every wall, wall. (laughs) Don't read too much into that. (laughs) Every wall shall fall to the ground. I will call for a sword against Gog throughout all my mountains, my mountains, <laughs> says the Lord God. Every man's sword will be against his brother. This is going to be a bloodbath. And I will bring him to judgment with pestilence and bloodshed. I will rain down on him, on his troops, and on the many peoples who are with him. Flooding rain, great hailstones, fire and brimstone, fire and brimstone. Wow! Thus I will magnify myself and sanctify myself and... I will be known in the eyes of many nations. Then they shall know that I am the Lord. That's the only conclusion. That's the only explanation that it was God, not the IDF, not Israel, not the U.S. You have this great horde, insurmountable odds, this vast army, and they come against Israel, and they're destroyed? No, you're going to know that it was me. It wasn't you. This, this had to be God. And oh, by the way, uh, this article we just read, uh, where this will be the end of the <laughs> evil regime of Israel, you know, for good. You probably should read this part about where God does that to you. So that's kind of how it ends. Spoiler alert. Okay. Here's the question. And it's a question that is before every single one of us today. Here in this beautiful church that I'm privileged to pastor and online, watching from wherever you're watching online. Here's the question. If we're now seeing that which will take place at the time of the end beginning to come to pass now, wouldn't that mean that we're really close to the end? Please, it's not a rhetorical question, right? Rather, it's my hope that, you know, God's given us an intellect, Let's use it. Let's be reasonable. Let's even be logical. Nothing wrong with being logical. Oh my goodness, we could use some more (laughs) reasonable logic, if I can say it that way. Let's just use our intellect and just think about it logically and reasonably. We're seeing things that will ultimately find their fulfillment at the time of the end, during and in the seven-year tribulation, starting to happen now. Russia, Iran, Syria, earthquakes, all of the above, and the many more with it. And they're beginning to come to pass now. Beginning, key word, now. Luke 21, 28. This is what Jesus said. Now, when these things, here's that key word, 
begin to happen. Look up and lift up your heads. Why? Because your redemption draws near. Pastor, come on, man. You tell us that every week. I know. (laughs) And you keep coming back every week to hear me say it. So there. (laughs) One of these weeks, right? I won't say it. And the reason I won't say it is because I'm not going to be here to say it. And you better not be here either. Because when all this goes down, I should say before all this goes down, we go up. That's why Jesus said to look up and lift up your heads. This is why we, at the end of our prophecy updates, share the good news of salvation in Jesus Christ. It's because our redemption draws near. I think about what Paul wrote to the Romans about how our salvation is nearer now than before. Today our salvation is nearer. Wake up, wake up, wake up, wake up. You're too, you're, you're too sleepy. You're sleeping. You're unaware. You know when you're sleeping? I know when I'm sleeping. Um, I'm unaware of what's going on around me. Some of those of you who have deep sleep, I hate you, by the way. (laughs) What's that like? Anyway, um, when you're in deep REM sleep, you have no idea what's going on around you. And that's the metaphor spiritually, that when we're sleeping spiritually, we're unaware of what's going on around us. So what I want to do, and I appreciate your patience, just give me a couple of minutes. I want to share with you what the gospel is and our response to the gospel. The gospel, Paul defines it uh, once to the Corinthians chapter 15 in his first epistle, and then also to the Thessalonians. And it's basically this. This is the good news. We also call it the gospel. It means good news. Your debt has been paid. Your death penalty has been paid. You're free to go. Good news. That's what the word gospel means. So here's the good news. Here's the gospel. Jesus came and died, paying that death penalty for you instead of you. He was buried and he rose again on the third day and he's coming back again one day soon and very soon. That's the good news. And isn't that good news? No, I'm asking you. (laughs) In a world that is riddled with bad news, which is seemingly waxing worse and worse and more evil by the day, is that not good news that one day Jesus is coming back to take us out of this world? That's good news. And the reason he's coming back to take us out of this world is because God so loved this world that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever would believe in him would not perish but have everlasting life. That's the good news. That's the gospel. Now, what is our response to the gospel? It's childlike simple. Jesus said, if you want to come to me and enter the kingdom of heaven, you must become like a child. It's childlike simple. It's ABC simple. 
And I want to share in closing the ABCs of salvation. The A stands for admit, or if you prefer, acknowledge that you're a sinner and that you're in need of the Savior. Uh, I would say it this way, and I have said it this way before, this is where repentance comes in. Please, I've been accused of lordship salvation. Stop it. (laughs) What I mean by repentance, repentance meaning a change of mind, it's where you change your mind, and then God changes your heart, and it's a 180. You do an about-face, and you turn to Christ when you realize He's the Savior and you're the sinner and you need the Savior. That's repentance. That's the acknowledging of, the admitting of your need as a sinner for the Savior. Romans 3.10 says there is no one righteous, not even one. Romans 3.23 says all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. We were all born sinners, which is why we must be born again, Jesus said, in order to enter the kingdom of heaven. Ephesians 2, 8 and 9 says, For by grace you are saved through faith. It is the gift of God. It is not of works, lest any man should boast. And this is echoed in Romans six twenty three. It says, For the wages of sin is death. This is what our works deserve. This is the payment, the wage for our works. Death. But, and here's the good news, the gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. That's the A, here's the B. It's for believe in your heart that Jesus Christ is Lord and that God rose him from the dead. Now why is that important? Because he had to pay with his death, defeating death in this death penalty for our sin. If he remain in the grave, we have no hope. We might as well just, just pack up and go home. We don't even need our Bibles. It's, it's all a farce. He had to rise again from the dead. Romans 10, 9 and 10 says, If you believe in your heart that God raised Jesus from the dead, you will be saved. And then lastly, the C is for call upon the name of the Lord, or if you prefer, confess with your mouth. Confess with your mouth. This is Romans 10, 9 and 10, which also says, If you confess with your mouth Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For it is with your heart that you believe and are justified. I love that word. Justified, never sinned. Though my sins be as scarlet, he's made them white as snow. He remembers them no more. He removes them as far as the east is from the west. I'm justified. And it is with your mouth that you confess and are saved. And I know we've talked about this, but I'm going to go ahead and and mention it again today. Every tongue will confess. Every knee will bow. That day is coming where every tongue will confess that Jesus Christ is Lord of Lords, 
and King of Kings. More better do it now. Just saying. Romans 10, 13, lastly says, and notice the all word again, because all have sinned, all who call upon the name of the Lord will, not might, not could, not should, will, not some, all, not most, all, not the elect, really, all who call upon the name of the Lord, will be saved. Listen, I, I want to uh, go ahead and stand. I want to mention one thing to the online church, because we continue to receive just, I mean, really encouraging comments and emails from people all over the world saying, you know, I just accidentally one day just so happened to, you know, click on your video, you know, wink, wink. <laughs> And I've shared with you the testimonies, the many times where people have said, you know, someone in the other room was listening. I I left it on and the volume was up and they turned their music down and gave their life to Christ. So I want to just say to you, maybe you too have happened upon this video. There's a reason. And that reason is, is that today is the day of salvation. And for those of you that are here, again, in this beautiful church building that God's given us, that I'm so privileged to be the pastor of, I I hope you know that I love you more than you'll probably know. Not many pastors can say that, by the way. But I love you so much. Let me say it this way. You make the pastorate a joy. You make it such a joy and such a privilege to serve as the pastor of this God's church. And I love you so much. But you might be here today, and I make no assumptions. You might be here today, and you have never called upon the name of the Lord. I implore you today before you leave today to make the most important decision you will ever make in your life for eternal life. Please, I implore you. Let's pray. Father in heaven, I I realize that for some this is so exciting. (laughs) For those of us who know you, because we know that our redemption does indeed draw near. But Lord, we're also keenly aware of those for whom this is not exciting, but instead it's terrifying. And I pray, Lord, that this healthy fear of the Lord would be that which is needed for many to humble themselves and surrender their lives to you, putting their faith in you, calling upon you. In Jesus' name. Amen. Thanks for joining us for this special edition of In Spirit and Truth with Pastor J.D. Farag of Calvary Chapel, Kariohe. Now, it's so important that you hear the purpose behind these prophecy updates that Pastor J.D. shares. 
The purpose is to see people just like you come to a saving knowledge of Jesus Christ. When you're right with the Lord, you'll be ready for the Lord and His soon return. You can do this by first admitting you're a sinner, that you've broken God's perfect law. Second, you need to confess that there's nothing you can do to fix this. You can't attend church enough. You can't pray enough or give enough money. There's nothing you can do to atone for your sins. Third, you must realize that there is someone who can. His name is Jesus Christ, and He is the Savior of the world. He gave His own life so that you wouldn't have to experience the penalty for your sins, which is death. Please. If you're listening today, receive Jesus as your Lord and Savior and escape the realities of the prophecies that are being fulfilled all around you. For more information about what it means to be born again into the kingdom of God, log on to InSpiritAndTruthRadio.com and select the New Believers option. Again, that web address is InSpiritAndTruthRadio.com. Now, in the next edition of In Spirit and Truth, Pastor J.D. will be teaching through God's Word just like he does Monday through Thursday. And then don't forget to join us next Friday and Saturday for another timely prophecy update. Until then, may God bless you and keep you in his love.